The following is a hoop ball presentation. Hello and welcome to the Hoop Ball Minnesota Timberwolves podcast. My name is Stuart Burkhart. I am your host, and today on the podcast we are going to be recapping the season and getting prepped for an offseason that is about to start in full effect, obviously in the middle of the NBA Finals right now. Today is July the 15th. The Bucks just uh, took Game 4 to tie up that series between them and the Suns at 2 and 2. It's been a really fun NBA Finals so far. I've been enjoying it. I'm sure you all have too. Uh, it's been a great playoffs. And there hasn't been a ton of Timberwolves news. A lot of it has been sort of speculation on trades. But for now, let's go back and look back at the season. We've had some time to digest it, some separation from it. I want to just sort of do broad strokes on this episode. Let's talk about the season, talk about the good and the bad. Uh, later on, I want to do a show talking specifically about individual players and, and their fit going forward and their potential roles and contract situations, all the weeds of that stuff. But today, I just want to talk about the season last year and how it projects for next year with the guys that we know will be on the team for next year. We don't need to discuss it. Guys like D'Angelo Russell, Carl Anthony Towns, Anthony Edwards. I think it's very safe to say all of those guys, those three are going to be on the team. Uh, I think Jaden McDaniels is very likely the same. I think those four are probably all going to be on the team, and I think we'll all be high-level contributors. So, firstly, just you know, overall, the team finishes with a 23 and 49 record, offensive rating of uh, 110.18. That was 25th in the league. Defensive rating of 115.55, which was 26th in the league. So overall, the numbers just don't look very good. The team was not very good. For most of the season, obviously they didn't have Cat for large stretches. They didn't have D'Angelo Russell for large stretches. But overall, this was a bad team. And I think that one of the hallmarks of a team, you know, I've seen a lot of folks saying, look at the Hawks, look what the Hawks did. And the Timberwolves could have a jump like the Hawks had. Well, I think that the difference between the Hawks and the Timberwolves, really, to this point, is that the the Hawks have a tremendous amount of depth. The Hawks could sustain injuries to good players and be really good. And in all honesty, Trey Young did something we've never we've we've gotten to see Carl Anthony Towns in the playoffs one time, and he didn't take over and, and go off. But but Trey Young clearly has that ability to take over a game and win a playoff game, and mostly because of opportunity. Obviously, we just haven't gotten to see that from Carl Anthony Towns, and I have no doubt that he has the skills and the talent to do that. However, I just don't think that it's something that we can compare. It's not an apples-to-apples apples comparison. It's a it's a strange thing, but I, I wouldn't worry too much about it. I think that the Hawks' comparisons are a little silly. I don't think the Timberwolves are going to make this leap into being a, a conference final contender. Maybe if they were in the East, it's something I could entertain. In the Western Conference, I don't think there's any chance of that whatsoever. So getting that out of the way, this just isn't a very good team right now as of current roster construction, but it's getting better. 
and that's because there's so many young players. Um, but I want to talk specifically about some of the not-as-young players, I guess the wily veterans on the team, D'Angelo Russell and Carl Anthony Towns. The wily veterans on this team are like in their mid-20s. And um, when D'Angelo Russell and Carl Anthony Towns played together this year, the team was 13-11, and 11, and they were 10-10 and 10 over their last 20 games. It made everyone better. It was wild how people were so quick, I felt, unfairly to write off D'Angelo Russell and say that the, the Timberwolves screwed up that trade and it was horrible as soon as they uh, as soon as, as D'Angelo Russell started struggling at the beginning of the season again without Carl Anthony Towns and the whole reason he was brought in was because he was supposed to be a great fit with Carl Anthony Towns that was the entire reason D'Angelo Russell was brought onto the team so at the end of the year D'Angelo Russell's in he's back from his injury Carl Anthony Towns is back from his injury, and Anthony Edwards is showing a tremendous amount of growth. And all of a sudden, the team is playing 500 basketball, beating good teams. They beat, in those last 20 games, they beat the Miami Heat. They beat the Dallas Mavericks. And they beat some bad teams too, but they beat Golden State. They beat Utah. They beat Utah twice. It's really amazing how much better this team looked at the end of the season because of the fit of D'Angelo Russell and Carl Anthony Towns together and the development of Anthony Edwards. The next step in this team's development, I think is something that's really interesting because Garrison Rosas has a couple different directions he can go. And now I think it's time to mention specifically that in that D'Angelo Russell trade, the Timberwolves obviously sent with uh, Andrew Wiggins in exchange for D'Angelo Russell, their uh, first-round pick for the 2021 draft with a top-three protection. That did not pan out. That pick will go to the Golden State Warriors. So the Timberwolves have no picks in this draft. As such, I've seen a ton of rumors about the Timberwolves going into free agency to try and get a star, or going not free agency, excuse me, going into the trade, uh, the trade market to try and get a star, looking at Ben Simmons, looking at John Collins. They're really looking for a four. Now, when I first heard that, I thought that was interesting because I saw Jade McDaniels as the four of the future. But reports have said that Gerson Rosas and uh, Chris Finch really believe that Jade McDaniels is the three of the future. Now, I, I do think he's a good fit there as well. I think he's versatile enough. He's mobile enough. And he shoots well enough that he can play sort of as a, a big, long three. I think the issue you're going to run into is, so what do we do with Malik Beasley? Now, I do think his best role, Malik Beasley's best role, is as a bench player. Sort of like Buddy Heald, but not as overpaid. Um, he's like a cheaper Buddy Heald. Is a, that's exactly how I think of him. He's a really good three-point shooter. He can shoot a very high percentage, and he can shoot a very high volume of three-pointers. But he's not going to do a ton else, and he doesn't need to do a ton else. He's a very, very useful player, and I think he's a reliable sixth man who can come in and make a lot of threes. Now, three-point shooting has clearly been one of this team's biggest bugaboos over the last few seasons, and this year it was substantially improved. A big part of that is Malik Beasley, and another big part of that is D'Angelo Russell. I mean, these are two really high-level three-point shooters. Um, 
when we talk specifically about players, we will talk about those guys and their three-point shooting and how it helped elevate the team. Until then, I do just want to focus uh, on some of the bigger storylines of the year. I think the biggest one, quite possibly, was outside of, maybe even including, uh, Carl Anthony Towns and D'Angelo Russell playing together, was the development of Anthony Edwards. You know, Anthony Edwards had, um, let me see here, he had a month, and I believe it was April, where he had the third highest scoring average in a month that a teenager has ever had behind LeBron James and Carmelo Anthony. In the second half, he looked like someone who could develop into an actual superstar-level two-guard. I mean, someone who really could be a game-breaker. And that's not something we saw from him in the first half, but it's something we saw so strongly in the second half of the season. That development was super impressive. It was shot selection improving. It was him being less of a chucker. And I think it was significantly because of playing with D'Angelo Russell and Carl Anthony Towns. It allowed him to not have to be the only player who could just take over the game at the end of the game. He knew that there were two other guys who were as good or better than him as a scorer, and that those guys he could lean on a little bit. It helped him to learn to play off ball a little bit better. I liked watching him ball handle, and he still did ball handle a lot of times down the stretch where D'Angelo Russell was playing off ball, and that was super encouraging. Mainly because, let's say, they do bring in, I won't say too much about it, but let's say they do bring in Ben Simmons, for instance. The fact that he can play well off-ball and D'Angelo Russell can play well off-ball, if you bring in someone like Ben Simmons, that's creating a lot of space for a guy like that. So, I mean, incredibly impressive. The, the steal numbers are off the chart. The defense overall was not great, but the steal numbers were off the chart, and he, he's very much an opportunistic defender and very very often when he's getting those steals he's jumping lanes and turning them into two points at the other end so top to bottom huge improvements uh and the other thing that i thought was just so impressive and he was doing this both in terms of shooting three-pointers and in terms of driving was he wasn't just chucking and obviously you don't think of driving to the rim as chucking but it, it can be to an extent when a player says, okay, you know, puts his head down and says, I'm going to go get a, bu- a bucket, and then doesn't get the bucket. Next possession says, well, now I'm mad I didn't get the bucket. I'm going to go get a bucket. You know, and doing that two or three times in a row, and it's just not productive. It's not good offense. And I think that Anthony Edwards really showed improvement in shot selection, in patience offensively. And that's one of the toughest things for rookies is just having the patience to let the plays develop. So often, when you're like Anthony Edwards, he is so incredibly athletic and so unbelievably talented. His whole life, he's been able to just take the ball and say, okay, I'm going to go over you or through you. And at the NBA level, he's playing against, for the first time in his life, he's playing against other people that are so strong and so big and so fast that he can't just outspeed or outstrength them every time. Now, he often can because he's 
He's an incredible athlete. He's the most athletic player on this team. It's unbelievable the things he can do. But learning how to be a really good basketball player on top of being a really good athlete, that's something we saw him take major strides in throughout the season, and it's really encouraging. Now, I know that historically speaking, full-season rookie numbers are more predictive than second-half rookie numbers. So lots of rookies do improve in the second half, but the full-season numbers are typically more predictive of, of how good they'll be than the second-half numbers. That's, I should say, that is typically the case. I don't think anyone who watched Anthony Edwards in that second half feels like he's going to return to that first-half player. Unless, of course, there's major injuries to players like D'Angelo Russell, Carl Anthony Towns in in the beginning half of next year. I think the development of him is such an important storyline. It is the storyline on the Timberwolves right now. He's. I was laughing with one of my buddies about this. At the beginning of the season, you know, I was thinking about who's the most valuable player on the Timberwolves in a trade outside of uh, Carl Anthony Towns. And at the time, it was probably still Anthony Edwards, but his value is much higher now than it was then. I think if the Timberwolves wanted to get a superstar, they could trade Anthony Edwards and he could be a part of a package to get a superstar. Now, I also think they shouldn't (laughs) trade Anthony Edwards at all. You know, he's, he's under team control, obviously. He's only going to his second year, so he's cheap and I think he's got really really high potential and let's keep in mind as well the confluence of things coming together in the second half of this season was sort of a perfect storm for this team to look like a 500 team and they were obviously for the last 20 games of the season a 500 team and there's three main things that I want to highlight as the confluence of that perfect storm and I've mentioned two of them already the first is D'Angelo Russell and Carl Anthony Towns playing together the fit was awesome. The two of them really made each other better and made everyone around them better. It was fun to watch Timberwolves basketball for the first time in a while. It hasn't been that much fun to watch Timberwolves basketball. During the first half of the season, it really was a slog. It was right about the time when that Brooklyn game got postponed. And then they played at like 2 p.m. on a Wednesday. It was a really weird game obviously a bad situation there but it's really interesting because at that point it just felt like something clicked and this team just started to figure it out and so the three things again get back to it the first thing Carl Anthony Towns D'Angelo Russell the second thing Anthony Edwards and the third thing the bringing in of Chris Finch now Ryan Saunders to his credit started to do some of the things that Chris Finch ended up doing that I think really contributed to this team's success. One of those things has to be the way that he deployed Jaden McDaniels, the way he deployed Nas Reed. You know, under Saunders, McDaniels was not really starting much. He started starting right at the end of Saunders' tenure. And, you know, Jaden McDaniels was super raw, but he really showed a lot in this rookie season And that's one of the big things. But the other big thing was using Nas Reed in lineups with Carl Anthony Towns. He creates space. He is actually a decent defender. He's a 
decent rim protector in spite of being undersized. He's only about six foot nine, but he's a pretty good rim protector. And, you know, he's just got a, a fantastic touch around the rim. Nas Reed is an awesome player. He's one of my favorite players on this team. And if this team doesn't acquire someone, I would love to see him start at the four. Well, let's say I wouldn't love it because I would like for this team to just acquire a starting four. However, I think that he is right now the best four on the roster. And that's sort of the next thing that I want to mention is that the way that I mentioned earlier, you know, Jaden McDaniels mostly looks like he's going to be used as a three. Malik Beasley is probably going to be coming off the bench. And I think they will acquire someone to play power forward. I don't think Nas Reed will be starting the season as this team's starting power forward. So I do think they will acquire someone. It'll be interesting to see who they acquire and how they acquire that player. But we'll talk about all that when we sort of do a preview of free agency. Uh, and then we'll do some trade talk and individual players. We've got a ton to go through this offseason. And then obviously we'll be talking about things as they happen. You know, the Timberwolves could make a giant trade tomorrow, for all we know. Uh, we do know one thing, which is that Al Horford will not be joining the Timberwolves. That was someone that was a potential trade target, and he was traded to the Boston Celtics. So I would not expect to see Al Horford in the Timberwolves uh, uniform at all. There's like a 0.1% chance that that would happen. Only if he was bought out by the Celtics, and at which point he would have probably been so bad that it's it's you know not even worth kicking the tires. So I would say that those are really the the takeaways from this season are Carl Anthony Towns and D'Angelo Russell looked good together. Anthony Edwards really improved throughout the year, as did some of the other guys, as did Nas Reed, as did Jaden McDaniels specifically. Malik Beasley looks like a player who's going to have a very useful role, and I think he's totally fine to slot into that sort of high-volume bench scorer role. I think that is the perfect role for him. I think he'll fit it very well, and I think it'll make the team better to have him coming off of the bench. And then finally, just the way Chris Finch has deployed lineups, the way he's messed around with positions, he's a modern offensive-minded coach who does a great job of getting the most out of his lineups offensively. He's not afraid to switch things up, to do something different, to try out new lineups, even against really good teams. You know, it's not like, you know, let's try out, when we're playing the Pistons, let's try out this weird lineup. No, he's, he's doing it in games against teams like Brooklyn and having successful stretches doing it. So he's innovative, he's smart, he clearly the players are responding to him obviously the players loved ryan saunders as all of the media did as well everyone loved ryan saunders in that organization and around that organization but at the end of the day the timberwolves got the guy they wanted and he looks to be a really interesting and a really good coach on to the offseason and you know as much as overall it was not a good season it sucks the timberwolves didn't get their pick there's tons of reasons to be optimistic for the upcoming season. There are tons of reasons to be optimistic. So, you know, keep it over here with us. We'll be hanging out, talking about the Timberwolves. 
Be sure to check us out over at hoop-ball.com for all the basketball content you're looking for, be that other team podcasts like this, DFS, Fantasy. I mean, there's so much content going on right now. They're adding, I mean, there's a fantasy football now. It's insane. And there's fantastic deals for premium content. Go check out HoopBall. I promise you won't regret it. It's a fantastic website, fantastic people over there. Great place to be. And then, as always, check me out on Twitter at BeefStew69. That is B-E-E-F-S-T-U-6-9. Thanks so much for listening, folks, and we'll see you next time. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.